This is an ABC podcast. Being shoved into the sticky back seat of a hot, overloaded car with your siblings usually means one thing. You're off on a road trip. This is a rite of passage for many young Aussies. We all have moments where someone will say something, sometimes off the cuff, but it'll change our lives forever. Hi, I'm Kobe Bartels, and this is Tall Tales and True, the podcast that gives you the best live storytelling from around Australia and brings it straight to you. These people stand up in front of live audiences and they bear their souls, their thoughts, or little moments that change their entire lives. And Angie Ferrugia is no exception. On her trips to visit her grandparents in rural Tasmania growing up, Angie heard something that years later would alter the direction of her life. Recorded at a live Generation Women event in Sydney, this is Angie Ferrugia. My sweaty, slightly chubby little thighs are stuck to the rust-coloured vinyl bench seat of the Kingswood station wagon. I peel them off slowly, hoping to avoid the sting. As we wind around another bend on the Bass Highway, my younger twin brothers and my sister slide up against me with exaggerated force. Corner! They yell as they sardine up against me and my arm slams into the car door. I feel like I've been in this car for the entire nine years of my little life. Where are we? Mum sings from the front passenger seat. Forest Road! We all chorus excitedly in return. This signals the penultimate leg of the journey to my beloved Nan and Papi's house. Five hours on the road, very few stops, a crammed bootload and plenty of sibling bickering to get us to the 150-acre farm. I take a breath as we speed over small hills. Relief and anticipation bubble up in my belly. I know now that I'm in forest. Not the forest, not a forest, just forest. Forest is a small rural community in the northwestern region of Tasmania called Circular Head. With about 500 inhabitants spread across lots of properties, the centre is marked with a crossroads and a do-it-all weatherboard general store with a magnetic selection of sweets. We drive past a sunburnt tennis court with a half-strung net and a footy oval that fills to the brim on game day, serving Savaloy sausages in bread and instant coffee in styrofoam cups. Next to the oval is the Blackberry Inn, sporting club rooms where tall stories are told to open ears and raucous laughter. Rosy-cheeked women will emerge from the kitchen serving ham and pickle sandwiches and slices of strawberry sponge cake. The local fellas volunteer their best beer-pouring prowess. What once was a wild, rugged forest is now a patchwork of lush green paddocks on rich red-brown soil that stains my white city kid's sneakers. We head down the lane, two pebble cement rows with grass in between. 
leading to the humble home of my nan and pops. Nan waits eagerly by the gate as we tumble out of the Kingswood and into the familiar country home. Every summer, every school holidays, I'm in forest getting the Hobart knocked out of me. <laughs> we don our blunnies and our boots and head down the dirt track to gaze at the dam and the cows. Papi takes us on a tractor ride and lets each of us steer in turn. My two cousins and I, we race to the barn and we start sneezing amongst the hay bales. In the morning, we pick mushrooms amongst the dew in the paddocks. And as the day turns to dusk, I help Nan light the fire if it's not already lit. Every visitor, and there are lots, who come to this house will stand in front of that fireplace, whether it's burning or not. Before dinner, we pod peas, we get spuds out of hessian bags and peel them, and we get ready to serve the masses. Every afternoon, around 2pm, Parps heads off in his ramshackle car, up to the Blackberry for his daily tipple. On this particular night, there's a party brewing back at the house. The locals begin to gather. And after dark, old Pops staggers in and the place lights up. He beams his smile at me. He turns up the record player loud with his slim, dusty tunes. He's singing and he's swaying as he swills on his pot of gold. His skinny legs in their baggy 70s brown slacks have folded perfectly beneath him and he's right at my level looking at me through Coke bottle glasses directly into my eyes. He takes my hands, my plump little hands, in beneath, beneath his two palms. They feel warm and crepey. He starts to tap my hand and I know he's going to say something important. Angie, you must be kind. You must always be kind. Yes, Pops, I will, I say, and I mean it. It's not the first time he's said this to me and it won't be the last. He says it so much and so often that it ends up emblazoned in my mind and also on his gravestone 15 years later when he passes away from drinker's disease, esophageal cancer. A few years after that party, I'm 12 and it's the final day of grade six. My green and white checked dress is covered in texture signatures and scribbles. I hurry into my classroom to catch Mr Murray, my current and favourite of all time teacher, to get him to sign my leavers book before the day is out and we head north for Christmas. He smiles warmly, his wild hair is pointing in all directions and his short sleeved button up shirt is curiously patterned and crinkly. Mr Murray's the kind of teacher that makes numerators and denominators absolutely enthralling. He knows that I've been struggling to find my place on the outer edge of the inner circle thanks to the arrival of the new cool girl, Becky. I'm feeling nervous about high school, but I tell myself it will be okay. His kind eyes sparkle at me and I look down to follow his cursive handwriting. It's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. Jay Murray. 
30 years on, I cannot tell you how many times I've recounted these two statements in my mind. Always be kind. It's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. Balancing being kind and being important has dramatically influenced the way I live my life. To the point that recently in my career, I have chosen to play down some of the importance and work for a 100% kind social enterprise with some of the nicest people you will ever meet. I didn't question much when I was a young girl. I didn't really wonder why Forrest was called Forrest. And I accepted Papi just as he was. I didn't second guess Mr Murray's crazy hair and beat up car. It didn't matter. They were both role models of kindness to me. I look back now and I can't help thinking just how privileged I was to have such a happy childhood. I'm really so grateful. But more recently with some age and small wisdom, I also feel intensely sorry. Our family benefited from the English settlement of Lutruwita, which is Tasmania in Palawakani, the language of Tasmanian Aborigines. This type of power and privilege led to the destruction of the forest to create farmland that my family and many other families have prospered from. This kind of importance is certainly not nice. It's devastating. But then I remember, again, we can be kind. We can be less important and we can be nicer to others. We can help our Indigenous communities to have a voice, to reclaim their land and their language. The gap is a chasm. It's up to each of us to learn more, to ask questions, to take action, and always be kind. That was Angie Ferugia, recorded live at a Generation Women storytelling event in Sydney. I'm Kobe Bartels, and I bloody loved bringing you that story. Show someone in your life a bit of kindness and share this story with them. Only if you liked it, but if you made it this far, you probably did. Now, the good news is there's plenty more where that came from. This season is all about community, and in Australia, one of the biggest communities we have is centred around an oval-shaped leather ball. Footy. If you're a footy fan or you've been through a tough time, Amy Chittick has the story for you. I had just played in a game in Melbourne alongside people I idolised. Everything had gone right, but on this plane, I just burst into tears. I was emotional and I couldn't control it. Everything was too much. All the feelings, the nightmares, the struggle to sleep. It was all too much and it all came out on that plane. That's in this season of Tall Tales and True. You can find it in the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're looking for something to listen to next, may I point you in the direction of something kind of life-affirming? It's a podcast called Conversations, where you get to hear stories from the most fascinating people. And there's just so many interesting tales there. But one that stands out is Mandy McCracken, and her life as a quadruple amputee. I woke up and I knew that I had survived something, like I was alive. 
That's Mandy McCracken on Conversations. Such an incredible story. Just search for Conversations in the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.